almost anything can be turned into a positive thing. Relationships are such powerful bonds to create with any other human being. Every single day, we live with the choices we make. We live with the choices we make. Because you don't believe that you can have true love. That you can have true love. Or you don't believe you deserve something good. And that means something somewhere happened to you and you haven't forgiven yourself and you haven't forgiven other people. Don't you think it's really unfair? You don't love yourself but you want someone else to love you unconditionally. You don't forgive yourself for your sins but you want somebody else to come and forgive you. Don't you think it's really unfair? Don't you think it's really unfair? Life is about every single day we live with the choices we make. We live with the choices we make. What is it that I'm actually looking for? Do we really know life? But let me say intelligence. Emotional intelligence, social intelligence, financial intelligence. So I believe it's important for each and every one of us to understand the rules that govern any arena of your life. You are listening to The Revenge of the Forsaken Gods, a podcast that explores the human experience and seeks to create a blueprint for living using books, stories, movies, and conversations. And here is your host, Andrew Balongo Opere. Hello, this is Andrew Balongo Opere, and in today's episode, my guest and I have a conversation about relationships, where we talk about Instagram life versus reality, the pressures of comparing our relationships with what we see on Instagram. Does the environment influence how we relate with one another, among other questions, like are men built to shy away from emotions compared to women? And how can you expect others to love you? when you don't love yourself. So without further ado, let us start our conversation with the fabulous Cloud9. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Yes, Cloud9. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. About me? Yes. Well, I'm a mystery. Yes. That's all there is to it. Okay. I'm just a mystery. What would this mystery like to explore today? Um... Relationships. Relationships in, in this day and age. I like yeah. that uh, you brought out uh, relationships in this day and age because I think that's the number one topic everyone talks about. Whether we acknowledge it or not, it is a common factor that we're either talking about how we've been hurt in relationships mm-hmm. or how we are having relationships that we are enjoying. Well, enjoying in quotes. <laughs> well, they could be in quotes or it could be it could actual be enjoying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I say enjoying in quotes because there's something known as Instagram life and reality. You see those relationships where they're thriving so well on social media, bagels and... Okay, I'm not a social media person. My, my social media is relegated to just WhatsApp, but like goals and and oh we're doing this going for trips and whatnot and then when you meet them in person and it's like oh where's the spark where's the connection that's if they're even still together you know probably fighting in real life or they don't connect but they're together because they look so good together they're photogenic well, that is uh, one very important point you've brought out that we take for granted, that what we are seeing on social media is just a snapshot. Yeah, or it's a lie. Well, I, it could be a snapshot. It, it could be right? a lie. It's a snapshot of one moment, so yes. it wouldn't be fair to judge a whole relationship based on one snapshot. Mm-hmm. We're not judging the entire relationship just from one snapshot. We're just saying that there's a lot of unnecessary pressure that we place on ourselves because of what we see on social media. Like, oh, but you know, we should be like so and so. And like, for example, if I'm in a relationship with you, Andrew, and we don't exactly do the social media thing, but you see all these things on social media and you start pressuring me to you know, we need to pose for photos and stuff like that because you want to get a thousand likes or you want to get the best filters and whatnot, but you don't pay the same kind of attention to your Instagram status and WhatsApp status as you do me 
which is what is important yeah that's just what i'm trying to say because if we paid even half of the attention that we pay to our social media following and stories as we do to our relationships i think i really believe that we'd be that much more happier because you'd be living less of a lie okay i like i like what you've said and i'd like even just to take it uh into a deeper dimension that I wouldn't say uh, people are partnering their or other people are trying to create their relationships from what they see from Instagram but I think we're not we're taking for granted mm-hmm. the power of the society around us and how it frames how we should be relating in relationships like for example if like you give the example if I'm in a relationship relationship with you mm-hmm. and let's say we are students on campus mm-hmm. and maybe we don't come from well off uh yeah, parents yeah. backgrounds and some of our classmates are taking their girlfriends to java and you see them laughing and saying oh my god my boyfriend took us to java we ate sorry <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But yes, yeah, I, I don't know, just give that for example. Yeah, uh, okay. I might be mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. It was an example. So you see there might be pressure on mm. the guy that oh my god, my girl might not feel okay, I'm not doing my part as a guy if I can't take her to Java mm. and her friends are all. And you I'm might about that life, yes. And, yes, and you might even give him pressure. You might start telling him, "You don't even take me to Java and, you know, all my friends, their boyfriends are taking them to Java, blah blah blah." That sounds very childish, like something a child would say to a parent. But yes, I do get you at the point because there are some pressures that we put on ourselves and some pressures we, we put on on our our better halves. But, you know, I feel like also that comes down to how you communicate with your partner and if you're with the right partner because you could be with the wrong partner but you're communicating just fine yeah so if a man is with a woman because i mean his intention is just to bang her and bounce out of her life he's probably going to do whatever it takes to just do exactly that but if she's interested in a long-term relationship or something more solid something more tangible or long term whatever word you want to put in there then the two are not supposed to be together in the first place but why did they get together maybe because of convenience maybe there's an initial attraction or a spark that brought them together in the first place but that's also why you need to have the important conversations in the beginning to avoid hurt which is what a lot of people don't do which is why a lot of people get hurt Yeah, you hear stories about people getting ghosted, you hear stories about people cheating on each other, people getting together because of money, people breaking up because oh you know, we kind of just stop talking to each other. Why? How should that even happen? Or or you know, sometimes it's um factors outside the couple's control, like family or friends or peer pressure. Uh, sometimes it's work, unfortunately, you know, you could be seconded off to a different country and and the other person may not be able to come because you know you're not a spouse or something like that the relationship is new and you figure well yeah or you're just together because of the simple reason you're afraid of being alone i know people who for as long as i've known them what five five years months days weeks they have never been single for more than what a month they're always jumping in and out of relationships for the simple fact that they're terrified of being alone they would rather be even with an abuser than be by themselves which is really sad because it says something about not being able to love yourself enough to want to spend time with you yeah we always have external distractions you're always listening to music or a podcast or reading you're always doing something to not spend time with yourself and listen to yourself and talk to yourself which i think is healthy yeah people say talking to yourself is crazy i talk to myself a lot that makes me crazy well normal is boring so you said you talk to yourself a lot yeah, uh, I do. what do you mean by that 
conversations with myself. I, I, when I'm making decisions, do I really want to do that? Why am I making this decision? Okay, um, somebody's trying to hit me up and they're trying to start something with me. Is this something that I want? Am I going to respond to this? Am I going to carry on this conversation or do I nip it in the bud? Yeah. yeah. If it's even financial things, ugh, did I really have to buy that outfit or now I was just spending like crazy? Okay, you need to get a hold of yourself and don't be crazy shopping as if there's no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Did I have to make that trip to place X? Well, yes, it did me good. You know what? I should do it often. That's the kind of conversation I have with myself. And even the deeper, much deeper stuff about, you know, just my own personal life, relationships, and most importantly, spirituality. Okay. But now I'd like to take you back because what you've mentioned, you know, having this conversation with yourself, it's known as introspection. Mm -hmm. And uh, looking at the way we grew up, we really didn't get... uh, an environment that taught us how to introspect. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much, you're being told what to do from the outside. Yeah. You're told when to eat, when to go to school, what activities you're doing. We're hanging out with so-and-so family friend this weekend, blah, blah, blah. So when you mentioned that you see someone that they cannot be alone, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And even when I'm starting to look back, you know, some of the examples you gave, you know, I'd like to just add an extra dimension. Like you mentioned how a man's intention might be just to be physical with a woman. Yeah. But from my realization, I think that also women sometimes just want to be physical with the guys, but because of the way our society is constructed, it's it's look, a, they look down upon the woman wanting to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So for the purposes of this conversation, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. men and women are equal in terms of their desires. The basic instincts. Their basic instincts. Yeah. I'm not bringing our intelligent mind into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming... As a human being, we have two minds. The intelligent mind where we're having this conversation yeah. and we can exchange ideas and we decide, science. yes, yeah. we decide how society is constructed and all that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the animal side, the basic instinct and all. Mm-hmm. So just in as much as a man just wants to be physical with a woman, there are instances, lots of instances where a woman just wants to be physical with a man. Yes, and that happens a lot so, now, more nowadays than before. Well... I think that it's always happened, but I think people just were not aware about it. Uh, I disagree because, you know, um, a couple of years ago, parents' age and probably grandparents' age, they were much more disciplined than we are now. We're wild, wild people than our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents were because, um, I'll, and I'll speak to, say, the African setting, yeah, mm-hmm. because... There was no need for you to be wild because say, and you know, African setting, there's different numerous beautiful cultures, either you're either polygamous or polyandrous. So you have no need to be wild. You feel randy, you want another woman and she looks amazing to you, marry her. End of story. But now where we have most countries that only allow for, um, you know, the kind of relationships that you allow, you only one man, one woman kind of relationships unless where religion is involved. So um, for our Muslim brothers and sisters, where I think it's, what, maximum five wives? Four. Four. I think, okay, at least four I know of. Four, so. four wives, which still, dear Lord, not man. But yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's different. And because those rules are very different, they've changed now. It's, it's part of the reason why we're more, let me say, randy and wild. Because you can't just marry five, four, three women at the same time. So you find that you marry one and you have like 16 clan days. Okay, 16 is an exaggeration. But you have, you know, another clan day on the side. Or you have your village wife, your town wife, and another one you've kept somewhere on the side. I don't know how many side dishes. And it's becoming sadly more prevalent to the fact, to the point that where women now are getting bolder and bolder in expressing their interest and not being uncomfortable with the fact that they're the side chicks. They're not, they're, they're making themselves feel okay being relegated to second, third, fourth wife. And in, in, in what you're sharing, 
I think it's just the culture transforming with the times because yes, because you are right. because when I'm looking at the example you're giving of you know our grandparents you know like for example my grandfather he had 11 wives um eh? yes so wow. and and when I'm looking at different african traditions it seems like these traditions knew about human behavior and how to deal with human behavior mm, mm. like for example they knew that one man could not satisfy a woman's urges and vice versa what yes and, and i'm telling this is actual real thing you'll find that in the homestead yeah there's a front gate and the back gate and when the man is coming home yeah he whistles loudly or he comes in singing so he's like hey um, mama cloud nine na, 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 you know this has been a good day so that is a signal hold on Andrew. no that is not a one culture it's actually if you talk to different cultures mm-hmm. you'll find different cultures had different customs mm-hmm. so that man that you were with yeah. you guys know oh you know what what's going on he'll get back he'll escape through the back gate and go we know the Maasai's, for example yeah. uh, you put a spear in front of uh, the home that you want to stay at tonight and it's known when you see the spear you don't go in yeah there's so, a man there so if we look at different cultures we'll see that different cultures had different behaviors yes it was not about condemning from 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 the human urges but it seems like they acknowledge this so all i'm saying is i'm not looking yeah. at it from a moral standpoint it's all i'm saying mm-hmm. is these traditions they seem to have a a knowledge and accommodation for human behavior well, so um, i'm not surprised why nowadays mm-hmm. you can have multiple relationships with the uh, different guys and you're like this guy i like to hang out with him just because maybe he takes me out to a fancy restaurant this other guy i just love the conversation that's it No, but there's uh, something, this, I get what you're saying, but there's something that you said that I don't agree with, that you're saying that one man cannot satisfy a woman. And vice versa. And, uh, that means you're implying that a woman needs several men to satisfy her. All I'm saying is, I'm looking at behavior. No, but is that the case, that a woman needs more than one man to satisfy her? All I know is, when I'm looking at the behavior, I think it's not as a blanket reaction, as we're, as we're trying to make, it's one just conclusion. Because even when you talk to people who are, let's say, in a monogamous relationship yeah. and they cheat on each other, mm-hmm. you can see the reason that they, they, they probably say is, you know, the person is not emotionally available for me. Mm-hmm. Or they'll give a totally different, you know, you're there, you know, you're working in a different town. What do you expect me to do? Or, you know, such reasons where you find out that the ideals you put in a relationship do not seem to be enough. Yeah and but why do but I don't I don't agree with the point that you know one one what is it you said one man can mm-hmm. satisfy one woman because it implies that a woman needs several men to satisfy her sexual desires which is completely false I don't agree with that particular situation I think it still stems from from something that we have all forgotten because of very many external and internal factors and it's just about true love as human beings we tend to complicate such simple situations and difficult situations for ourselves because sometimes it's almost impossible for us to comprehend that something so profound can have such a simple explanation yeah and so you end up making the same mistake over and over again or hurting yourself maybe not deliberately but subconsciously hurting yourself because you don't believe that you can have true love or you don't believe you deserve something good and that means something somewhere happened to you or maybe people around you and you haven't forgiven yourself and you haven't forgiven other people when you let go you allow positive energy into your life if you're still holding on to such negative energy and negative feelings whether they concern you or not you're going to block off good things coming from you i'm a person i'm 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 somewhat of a romantic at heart and i do believe that yes. true love exists But for you to find true love you've got to one want it and to show that you want it you can say you can be out here saying um yeah i believe true love exists but you're just hoarding around or breaking people's hearts deliberately what kind of person does that make you and i like that question you brought out because from what i have 
you know, I've been having several conversations with, you know, psychologists about this, this phenomenon mm. and someone who might be indulging in such behavior, mm. they're still looking. But looking for what? What are you searching? That, that, that's the point exactly. Yeah. You yeah. see, you, you mentioned something important earlier on mm -hmm. that you've come to a point where you can have conversations with yourself because mm -hmm. you know where you are right now. Yeah. If someone has not reached the, that point where they're comfortable with themselves, yes, they are always looking for themselves and other people. Mm -hmm. Like, um, let me give you an example. For example, um, I've heard of this, but I, I, I was surprised when I saw it, you know, with my own eyes mm -hmm. that, uh, there are these two girls, um, orphans. Mm -hmm. So, uh, apparently, you know, they were, they were sleeping around mm -hmm. and on the surface, you know, people are name calling and everything, yes. you know, they're just sleeping around and, you know, people are just saying, you know, how can the guys do this? But in conversation with them, you could see that they were looking for something and their backstory came that they were orphans and that my, just from my piecing two and two together, mm -hmm. you know, I saw that they were trying to look for that male connection, that male father figure. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who've grown up in a, and I'm not saying normal household because every household has its own version of its normal. Own version of normal we take for granted that just the fact that we have that male presence who was present for us, mm -hmm. for someone who doesn't have that, we can see the difference in them looking for that male that will give them that. Mm. And so it's no longer about men and women, but even vice versa. Yes, it works both ways. Even where so, um, a mother figure was, was missing, then it ends up being the other way. And sometimes even... Even if they're not looking, say, for a father figure where a father figure was missing, it some I feel like there's certain things that will end up missing from this person's adult life because you got too much of one thing. And it's not it's not a terrible thing and it's not a critique to how you were raised. It's just a pointer to the fact that you're going to miss on one thing. It's like reading it's like the news. They say that there's three sides to every story. His side, her side, the truth. Yeah. So if you grow up leaning towards one side and knowing only one thing, then you're missing out on the other side of life. Whether or not you acknowledge it, that's just what it is. Now, the point comes when you acknowledge it and you know that is something that you're missing and how you you react to it or rather what you choose to do about it do you choose to look for it in other people do you seek it in yourself do you do you turn it into a positive thing because i believe anything almost almost anything can be turned into a positive thing yeah yeah i, I believe that too and i think that our our lives are that search to get to where we need to be mm. our full selves and it seems that relationships are a way of reflecting back to us where we are. Yeah, because most people, and you know, there's some who are actually even afraid to admit it, that you want a companion. And some are afraid to admit it because of, you know, they've been hurt more times than they probably should have, more times than they can count. And they've hurt back. Or they've hurt back without, you know, being hurt in the first place because they're afraid. Yeah, and so there, it's more like a, um, retaliating. And if you retaliate, then it, it just doesn't quite work because then you're not going to find somebody who's going to be suited for you. And if you do find them and you hurt them, what is the purpose? Sometimes your true love is just there right next to you, but you're just being an ass. I agree. And I find this happening both for men and women. Yes, you know, that, yes. That you're so hard in the past that you have your true love right in front of you, but you're missing it out. In fact, uh, I remember I saw this uh, quote. 
meme. Yes, yes, I saw this quote. Yeah. <laughs> by Julia Roberts. Okay, it's attributed to Julia Roberts. I don't know if she actually said it. I don't think she did. It says, women, you are not rehabilitation centers for badly raised men. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to fix him, change him, parent, or raise him. You want a partner, not a project. Preach, preach, preach. And uh, I have no... Manish is speaking to women, but it goes both ways, even for men who are in relationships with women who are quite obviously and so hurtfully mistreating them to the point that they don't leave them because I know sometimes people misuse this love thing. Oh, but I love him. Oh, but, you know, I love her. And, you know, if when, when you love someone, you don't just leave them fine, but recognize when it's a two-way street and when it's a one-way street, yeah? Somebody, and some people are very callous and manipulative. I know that this man loves me and he will take just about any kind of nonsense from me and I'll get away with it and he won't go and that's what people do and that's how sometimes you end up even raising or having um, situations whereby it's an abusive relationship because if you keep doing certain things that hurt your partner it is an abusive relationship just it doesn't have to be physical like beating up somebody there's physical abuse emotional abuse mental abuse and even spiritual abuse yeah it's just manifests and occurs in different forms yes. yeah so just because even cheating like aggressive cheating you cheat once and he or she takes you back fine whatever reason say it's pure forgiveness What's but you keep cheating are you serious i think it's just the textbook case i'm in a relationship with you and you're not loyal physically or emotionally or mentally if you connect with any other human being, so if I'm in a relationship, let me speak for myself, and my man sleeps with another woman, that is cheating. If I'm in a relationship and my man connects with another woman emotionally, you just get attached and he starts telling her things that he wouldn't tell me, and you're not family, that is cheating. Because the end goal of any relationship should be marriage. I mean, but people just get into relationships to bang and feel good that, you know, but, you know, me, I'm not, I don't hoe around, but you have that guy you're just banging the whole time. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, you break up onto the next one and you're just banging. In the end, you have a series of endless lovers and that has its consequences. No, I like, the reason why I asked you that is because, you see, I like the way you've, you've been very explicit to, to show the depth or rather the level, the extent that you identify this as cheating. Yes. So then after one has done that, you see it's now easy for both partners to know when they've crossed the line. Yes, because your boundaries need to be set from the beginning. Unfortunately, what I've noticed is people do not have honest relationships with one another. When I say that, okay, I should not generalize, but I do notice in some instances in the conversations in relationships, Mm-hmm. It tends to be an overemphasis on women's needs and not men's needs. Yeah. So, like, for example, men do have emotional needs, and you'll find that women are like, really? Men have emotional needs? And that's a really shallow way of thinking. Yes, it is a shallow way of thinking. But if you look at the magazine mm. uh, that we, we have, parents' Vogue. magazines, oh. Cosmopolitan, <laughs> if you look at the newspapers, the pullouts that are in the middle, yeah. on, on Fridays, Saturdays, oh, Sundays. Dr. Love, um, was it Dr. Love or what? That guy for Mganga and Q&D, and he gives out this absolute nonsensical yes. advice to people. Exactly. Is that supposed to be a joke section? Because sometimes it's just atrocious what he says. So now imagine you're growing up in such an environment. This is what is informing you. This is how relationships are reality. supposed to be. Oh my God. And that's your reality. And that means there's a whole generation that has been raised as toxic human beings. Yes. But what happens to these toxic human beings if they don't even recognize that they're toxic themselves? So how do you recognize that you're toxic if you have no environment, nothing in your environment showing you the truth or even examples of true love like you mentioned? But you know, I feel like the, that's why the universe is so big. And there's a saying in Swahili that says, Asiyafunzwa na mamai, atafunzwa na ulimwengu. That's so true. And the interesting challenge that I have with that quote is, yes, the universe will teach you, 
but because you're unaware of what's the specific lesson you have to learn, you'll find up you're, you're, you're repeating the same lesson so many times until you get it. We could be so hard headed mm. that we won't get it. We are attracting the same toxic person. Yes. And For then it's like, who, yes. Cause I hear you, you hear people saying, um, I don't know why I attract abusive men in my life or I don't know why I attract chicks that always cheat on me or I don't know why I attract um, gold diggers or I don't know why I attract. Is it something I give up? Is it the way I smell? Is it something that I do? And subconsciously it might turn out that it's something that you keep doing but you're not aware of. And so getting back to the point of being introspective and finding yourself is really important because relationships are such powerful bonds to create with any other human being, even with friendships, not just, you know, sexual relationships. But if you don't know and don't accept and don't love who you are, why and how would you expect another human being to do that? Don't you think it's really unfair? You don't love yourself, but you want someone else to love you unconditionally. You don't forgive yourself for your sins, but you want somebody else to come and forgive you. Say yes, it is unfair. But we would have to put it into context. Like, let's say we've grown up in a situation where our parents did not love each other. It was constant criticism. Mm. Look, cloud nine is number one and you are not. What are you doing with your life? Constant criticism, whether you do right or wrong, it's never good. Especially, like, let's say if you're first born. Mm. We know that if, especially firstborn tends to be the achiever performer, mm. they always tend to be pitted against uh, you know, siblings are, are pitted against firstborn. Yeah. And we can see also the attention will tend to go towards firstborn. I so, get, so, I get so, what so. you're saying and your example, but yes. I don't also feel that, because you've mentioned you always keep going back to um, parents and how you were raised and all of that, and that's all fine. It's just one factor out of the very many things sure. that go into the component. So it's not just, a, sometimes it has nothing to do with how you were raised or who your parents were. You could have the most brilliant, loving parents any human being could ask for. You could have been raised in a good enough environment, because I don't believe there's a perfect environment, but a good enough environment, but you still turn out to be a trash human being. Okay. Because life is about choice. It's conscious choice. Every single decision you make is a choice. Do I date her? Yes. No. Do I sleep with him? Yes. No. Do I hurt her? Yes. No. Okay, I didn't know I was hurting her, but now I, she has told me, do I keep doing it? Yes. No. Do I call this guy? Yes. No. Do I call affair? Yes. No. It's a choice that you make. It can't always be, oh, it's because my parents. Oh, it's because I was raised in this environment. Oh, it's because I feel like that's also just too many excuses. You're... When you're an adult, there's a healthy amount of decisions that you make that are your own. The things that influence why you make those decisions, it's only a tiny bit that influence your character. And they influence your character because you have grown up doing something over and over again or seeing something over and over again or because it's what you were taught. No matter where you were raised, whether you were raised in a monastery, in a home, in a campus, in a boarding school, it doesn't matter. But when you become an adult, you have a choice. You choose to do good, you choose to do bad, and you can, you're able, and the beautiful things you're able to identify the difference between right and wrong. So if you keep doing right, are you still going to credit that to the parents or to the adults? Then why is it that when we do wrong, we have to find somebody else to blame other than ourselves. If I choose to love somebody unconditionally, it's because I have made the conscious decision to do so. If I choose to leave somebody, it is because I have made the conscious decision to do so. If I choose to emotionally abuse this man, it's because I know exactly what I'm doing and what it will cost him. I just choose to turn a blind eye. If I'm in an abusive relationship, it is quite clear cut from the black eye, from the bruises, the broken ribs and the impaired speech that I am choosing to stay. I might be influenced by emotions. I might be influenced by family, but I am choosing to stay. I'm choosing other people above myself. If I choose 
to beat up on this man day in, day out. If I choose to take another life, it is a conscious decision that I make. And you have to live with it. You have to live with those consequences. Every single day, we live with the choices we make. You elect a politician when we live in a democracy. You live with the politicians. You chose them. Or, you know, and I hear somebody probably is going to say, I didn't choose them. In fact, I went and I chose Peter Kenneth. Or I went and I chose, um, who, who did Trump run against? Um... He's taken over the news so much, I can't even remember who he was running yeah, against. Yeah. That other guy, whoever that other person. I chose Hillary. Why should I have to live with Trump? Well, you didn't tell other people what you thought. You could have gotten them on your side. Or sometimes your lack of choice is still a choice. You consciously choose not to make a decision. I'm not going to vote. What difference does it make? The exact difference it makes is that you will not get your five stadiums. You will not get your roads and you'll be swimming to work. That decision to not make a decision is what makes people have the kind of crazy relationships that they have whether they're ups or downs they're beautiful they're ugly it is what it is i love how you you've, you've said that and i can't add or subtract anything from that i think that's the, the magic given to true love it's a choice yeah, I well, um, some people might argue. I personally don't know if true love is a choice, but I do know that friendship is a choice and friendship is a factor in, in true love. You can't be truly in love with somebody and they're not your friend. Yeah, if I, I choose to... We're going to wrong each other. You're going to say things I may not like, but I will choose to forgive you over and over again. I will choose to correct you when you're wrong. I will choose to stand by you when you're down. And I will choose to stay when things are good. That's friendship right there. Yeah. yeah. Staying, staying when things are bad, staying when things are good. Being able to be accountable to one another. Yeah, I being think, your think, ride think, or die. Yeah, I think that's just powerful. Yeah, it has, it has a lot to do. And something I noticed, there is a correlation true love with people who have powerful relationships um, by um, a sexual relationship. So friendships, um, their relationships with their siblings, their relatives, their parents, their colleagues, strangers. Yeah, even simple things to how you treat waiters and waitresses outside, how you talk about other people when they're there, when they're not there. People I find with very strong friendships, and by very strong, I mean loyal. And, and loyalty is based on, on the right things. You know, I have people saying, me, my dogs are loyal and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, they're loyal with you all the way to B-Club. And they're loyal with you all the way to tap that ass. And they're loyal with you to, you know, a certain extent. But when you want to start a business, not all of them are there. And they might start it with you. But when push comes to shove, where the sensitive things matter, money even your own personal deep, deep relationships and deep conversations, they're not that loyal anymore. Suddenly they shy away, especially with men. It's very, because men shy off from emotions because it's just how most men are built. And so talking about the deep stuff, or you know, my girlfriend, I don't like how she's treating me, blah, blah, blah. It's very difficult for men to have that conversation because their response will be to shy away from it or be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go grab a beer on that story. But what does alcohol have to do with a man trying to express his happiness or unhappiness with a certain type of relationship that he's going through? It's not about or the alcohol. Even, yeah, the, yes. It's but, not about the alcohol, mm -hmm. but also, uh, allow me just to give you a different perspective on it. Yeah. It's not men are built not to be emotional. Yeah, and I didn't say they're not built to be emotional. I'm saying... To express their feelings. Yes, expressing. The, real, the reality is, uh, what I've been doing is I've been observing a lot of people that have uh, kids, mm -hmm. parents, and I've just been observing. And I've been noticing some certain behaviors that make sense to me now. Mm -hmm. Why people say that. So you find that when a kid is young... Um, if anything happens to the kid, you know, they'll come crying to you. Ah, so and so beat me. What will you do? 
you, you you'll tap on the shoulder and rub. Oh, what did they beat you on the shoulder? Oh, you know, you'll soothe and say, yeah. that bad person, they're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And you'll do this, but like when the kids, kids like about seven, eight, nine years old, Mm. the language and tone changes. When the kid comes to tell you the same thing, mm. you'll be like, you're a big boy now, stop it. Mm. Big boys don't cry, they, they shouldn't be doing this. Mm. But adults fail to realize the impact of what they're doing right then. then. Mm. Before, what you did is, you you accommodated that I'm an authority figure, mm. it is okay when you're crying to come and talk to me. And just, mm. whatever it is, we'll soothe it together. Mm-hmm. But the moment that you say you're a big boy, you're stopping them from expressing emotion. Especially if you listen to the language. Mm. Big boys don't cry. Yeah. Big boys don't do this. And see, he's mm. big. So he realizes, okay, now that means whatever I have is not important to be had. So I can suppress it. Okay. So that is the beginning of the creation of the monster. So I've noticed... Monster, wow. So I've noticed certain places, like you mentioned, the bars. If I notice what goes on there, these places facilitate conversation where they can open up without judgment. Even though they are downing that liquid courage to be able now to say, my, my girlfriend is doing this or this is what's going on at work. For, weird, for a weird reason, I notice people are very explicitly open at bars, especially when they're drunk. They will... I don't think it's weird. I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's simply liquid courage. I'm not surprised. It's because of liquid courage. But you see still the downside remains. They're able to only express themselves when they have liquid courage and to their boys who they're quote unquote loyal or loyal just. But when it comes to the people who they should be addressing said emotions to, whether it's their bosses, family, girlfriends, it becomes Difficult, intensely difficult. And not all men. There are some men who are able to express their emotions beautifully. And I can tell you, a woman who's found a man who can express his emotions plainly and simply is, she knows she has found a gem. Yeah. But now it's twofold. A mature woman that knows what she wants will indeed treat that as a gem. A woman that's not yet mature will not recognize the gift that's been given to have a man who's being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. This is a real story of a, someone I know. She was sharing how a girlfriend of hers was sharing with her. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my boyfriend was crying. Yes. And you know, she was just like ridiculing the thing. Mm-hmm. And at that time, that girl, she was like, yeah, how can they cry? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And no. But later on, she... I guess she became mature. She realized that's what happens in relationships. You become vulnerable to one another. She and realized that's the point she of realized, relationships. She realized she was a bad friend to the sort, of, sort of encourage her girlfriend to have a negative attitude towards a guy crying or mm. being vulnerable. But also look at us unfortunate. We are not rewarded for being emotional. Remember the time Sonko was... Uh, emotional saying I can't handle this I'm overwhelmed you saw how people started reacting on, on social media like dude this is your job you're supposed to be handling it there's, I won't comment on Sonko I okay. feel like that's a horrible there's, example there's an, unwritten, there's an unwritten rule I'm not giving that as an example because of his character <laughs> unfortunately as a boss or manager yeah. you're not allowed to show you being overwhelmed by the task at hand you can't be emotional and say, oh my God, we can't get sales or that client, you know, I'm emotional. I think that's a different kind of setting because you see that's a work environment. There, yes. there are boundaries that are set. Where it comes to relationships, you're allowed, it's fine. But if if my boss, regardless of the gender, were to do that, it has a different effect. They can say, okay, fine, I am, I'm overwhelmed. I need some time. I'm taking time off. Fine. That has been expressed clearly. But if you start crying tears and you're my boss... How do you think that affects me or makes everybody else feel? So yes, that's not exactly everyone. the best example, but I do get your point. And it's still, again, it goes back to if we are able to communicate concisely what we want and honestly what we want, it makes things so much easier and less dramatic. Even for people who are in it for the wrong reasons. And, you know, if... A woman says, you know what? I'm just with you because of your money. And he says, well, 
thank you for letting me know. I'm just with you because you're so damn gorgeous. It's you from the get go. It's clear what you both want. So you can't cry foul in the end. And if you're in it for the right reasons, which everybody should be, I believe, is, you know what? I find you attractive. Um, yeah, I find you attractive too. Let's see where this is going. Let's try and build something from it. If this is just, you know, a typical, you know, just spark, but a spark that wouldn't become a flame or a roaring fire, or if it can be that, because isn't it wonderful to just experience something so gorgeous like that? Why would you intentionally want to bring in hurt and negativity into your life. I feel like, or rather I personally think that sometimes we do it because we don't believe deep down that we deserve the best, especially people who have their own personal issues, whether it's weight or, or it's just previous emotional trauma or just mental issues. You you're so convinced that I don't deserve the best. And so you consciously don't look out for the best. And sometimes, fortunately or unfortunately, when the best does happen to you, you're so confounded and confused. You don't know what to do that most people's reaction is to chase it away by any means necessary, by being the very worst selves that they could possibly be because you don't believe you deserve the best. I'm not surprised. Our whole economy is built on exclusive club but that's what capitalism that that's what capitalism is built on it's supposed to do that yeah yes. as so, opposed to a different a different norm like um ujama yeah? yeah ujama is socialism another type of socialism but that's not what we have and you see in our society this week we have capitalism and democracy and we have the leaders that we have. Not all of them are horrible. Some of them are great and they're doing the right things. The unfortunate thing is they're not that many. And the few that are doing good are not being highlighted as they should be. Because I don't know whether it's a, it's a human thing. I don't believe it. But for most people, we seem to thrive on negativity. And that is why even news outlets... The thing that will make the news is something that is the most negative, the most atrocious thing, the saddest thing. But the things that are positive, hardly, hardly ever. You could actually count them. I guess, like you said, it's a democracy. Mm-hmm. But I think even though that can happen, I think it signifies good things. Because when things are bad, someone does good for Mm. You will cherish that thing because you had bad stuff all around you that will acknowledge this thing. Like a stranger just showing kindness to you might end up crying. Oh my God. <laughs> this stranger showed me kindness that my own family doesn't do, my own la la la. This, you know? Yeah. So I know that's why I love stories because I believe stories teach us wisdom. Despite darkness or negativity happening to us. Mm-hmm. Even though you hold up a candle, that candle is so bright. You're mm. able to focus on that candle in the dark. Mm. Wow. I've learned so much from you in this uh, <laughs> conversation on Cloud9. Yeah, it's and been then, great. And I know that you're, you're an avid reader. Would you mind at least just sharing three books that have impacted your life that have made you Oh my God, say no more. Harry Potter series when I was a child. I know nobody expects that, but I I really love magic and fiction, all the crazy stuff. Harry Potter never scared me and I was never limited to books as a child. So I read Harry Potter as a kid. They influenced my crazy imagination right now. Um, What, just three? Those are more than three. As I've of mentioned, right now, okay, no, I'll, I'll put Harry Potter series as one. And let's childhood series. <laughs> and let's go into the specific book within um, that uh, series that really stood out. But Harry Potter is a whole different podcast. Don't even okay. with me. Okay, yeah, we'll just... do that on, the next, uh, on our next conversation. Um, and then um, Asata Shakur, mm-hmm. an autobiography. I feel like it's a book every single African should read. It is heart-wrenching, it is beautiful, it is emotional, it is outrageous. Yeah. And, um, ooh, 
my best friend's girl. Yes. Why? Uh, Dorothy Coomson. Yeah. Those are three. How about three movies that have impacted you? I know there's so uh, uh, Harry so Potter many. series. Okay. okay, no, scratch that. The movies are all crap because the books are amazing. Scratch that. Uh, movies that have impacted me. But you just love them whenever they're just there. Repeat, repeat. Like recommend. Like let's say if you, if, if, if you're real. I can't remember if it's Rio one or two, but Rio, mm-hmm. it's an animation. Yes. The birds. I, yeah. Yes. I can always go back to, it gives me such joy. Yes. I don't know why I can't explain it, but I can watch it on repeat without mm-hmm. getting tired. Mm-hmm. What's that British guy who's kind of bald and hot and always fighting in action series? Jason Statham. Yes. Jason Statham. Yeah. Yes, that Statham. One. yes. 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 His movies. I don't know why. I've always just... I, most people would be like, but James Bond is better. Uh, yeah, Bond is a little <laughs> bit too posh for my liking. But yeah, Jason stuff. just something about his movies in those series. It's just like... Is it what? The Messenger? The, 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 the Transporter? The Transporter, yes. There's, there's, the uh, Transporter series. Yeah. There's yes. so many. But you see in that he was posh but gritty at the same time. Yeah, like he got his hands dirty. And of course... Black Panther. Yes. Yeah. What are the three songs you're listening to right now? Uh, Lento by, I don't know if I'm saying the name right, Mfasa, Mthasa, it, it's Italian. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Crazy Kiare, mm-hmm. it's an Indian song. Mm-hmm. And, um, wait, wait and vinyl boys album like i can't pick but please don't make me pick but um his album his latest one i can't get over it it's on repeat any any song that you recommend to someone who's not uh dangote dangote yeah is it called dangote this is one of the words it's called dangote the song is called dangote okay yeah Oh, and Stormzy. I'm really into Stormzy right now. I think he's blown up. I think he's he's doing really great. Any song that you recommend from Stormzy? From Stormzy? Um, Blinded by Your Grace. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'll definitely look out for those and add to my collection of listening pleasure. Yeah, and another two albums you probably should add to your collection. Mm-hmm. All of Banner Boy's albums mm-hmm. because... Yes, especially African Giant. Yes. And then um, I think um, everybody, or at least every Kenyan, just as loyalty, and this is not advertising in any way, but should have Saudi Soul's first two album. First two albums were their best, in my opinion. Soul, Soul Generation and Mwanzo. Okay. Yes. If you just listen to that song, it transports you to a different verse like it's just mm, yeah so you say you live in a side live and die in africa it's too mainstream for me and there's okay. nothing wrong okay. with mainstream but there's something different about mwanzo and soul generation sorry soul hey yeah soul generation is the name of the, is the new... name of the new like everything of this is so 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 i'm like wait soul philosophy that album that, okay. the one that has that one yes all right yeah <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Cloud9. Thank you, Andrew. This was really fun. Yes, I enjoyed it too. Yay. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. If you would like any information discussed on the episode, I have provided links on my blog. Thank you very much for listening to the end, and I do apologize for the degradation of sound quality. If you like... Anything that we have discussed in this conversation, please do share one takeaway that you have gotten from the conversation. And if you do like the conversation, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and also share with a friend. Thank you very much and have a great day.